Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, the city of San Francisco. I know, I know, it's painful that I find myself having to make this announcement about our city on the Seven Hills, the spiritual, emotional home of our denomination, the birthplace of every public policy we affirm, and the issuer of nearly all our holy cancellation fatwas. Painful indeed, but necessary, as the Golden City has become a less precious metal due to considering a massive policy reversal. Since 2017, San Francisco has been teaching the rest of the country a righteous lesson by boycotting trade and official travel with the now 30 states who discriminate against LGBT persons, restrict reproductive freedom, or suppress voting rights. For this, they were right and noble. But now, now five of 11 members of the all-Democrat city council have asked their city administrator to study options for relaxing this law due to the estimated 23 to 47 million dollars this policy of uncompetitive bidding has inflicted on their budget in the last five years no dear franciscans no do not grow weary in your well-doing you are the cultural vanguard deliberately embracing worse government in order to show the country the way forward and why just because absolutely no one has listened to you and changed their policies? So what? You've been the voice of one crying in the wilderness, but now thou hast become the backslidden, turning away from the faith in a moment of economic cowardice. If you cannot run your city into the ground for principles of gender justice and abortion on demand, why bother being in elected office at all? The boycott is our weapon of choice. It shows people you're serious, and without it, how will you bring the heathen into compliance? If you allow the Public Works Department to buy plumbing supplies from St. Louis, or for the North California Otherhood of Pronoun Proselytizers to host their annual rainbow retreat in Miami, what will you resort to? Persuasion? Discussion? Leading by example? Oh, dear mourners, truly these are dark days when our beloved Mecca of the West breaks rank and fails to hold fast against the forces of darkness, but fail they have, and so forsake them we must. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Marlon Wayans, for his outrageous impudence in calling for comedic movies to become more offensive rather than less, and for claiming he isn't scared to be canceled. Well, we'll just see about that, mister. As Wayans told BuzzFeed this week, quote, I don't know what planet we're on when you think people don't need laughter and that people need to be censored and canceled. If a joke is going to get me canceled, thank you for doing me that favor. End quote. Oh, we will. But this is very troubling, for what has our movement come to if even C-grade actors feel they have the power to deny our authority and openly advocate for making films like White Chicks and Scary Movie? Making unapproved jokes about our brave transvestite otherin and dabbling in racial stereotypes have no place in our enlightenedopia. If comedians feel they can make fun of anything they want, where is the power of our cause? No, we must not allow a single voice of independence to question the wisdom of our restrictions and guidelines. As Merton's 60-second dictum of linguistic control states, Laughter is the devil's craft, and thou shalt never underestimate the subversive tendencies of the comedian or the mime. Even though Marlon is the least of the Wayans brothers, we must nevertheless make an example of him, for other would-be dissenters to see. Woe unto all who offend. And finally, 
A word of praise for the heroic teachers and students at the University of Minnesota Medical School who are bravely blazing a path toward equity in the medical profession by having its new medical students recite a truly progressive and enlightened oath. Listen now to the beauty of the ritualistic chanting engaged in during this year's white coat ceremony. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. Have you ever heard anything so beautiful, so joyous? The solemnity of the rhythmic monotony pierces me to my soul. I'm moved to tears by the strength of these sentiments. Oh, dear brethren, this is so wonderful. We pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing, that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine. Yes, the Golden Gophers really are leading our medical profession toward a more harmonious future, one in which medicine no longer focuses merely on healing diseases of the body, but rather searches for ways to heal diseases of the culture as well. Much like we now use the military to advance inclusion and tolerance instead of focusing on outdated goals such as decisive warfighting capability, these young doctors in training will become the freedom fighters for justice-based, gender-inclusive, herb-positive means of delivering health equity. With its next-generation tambourine-based music therapy and emotional support stuffed animals, the future of Minnesota medicine is here! No more will classes be taught by an artificially constructed authority figure who presumes to dispense scientifically valid guidance from the front of a classroom. No! Instead, our affirmation circles of mutual exploration and equity will drink deeply of the spirit of healing while practicing gender harmony as they sit cross-legged on the kindness mats provided by the local Weavers Collective and listen to the soothing tones of the wellness chimes. Also of note, next year's class will be the first to reject the white coats of colonialism and take on the rainbow robes of multiculturalism, showing all the world the power of medicinal love embodied in a technicolor dream coat. For such progress, we salute you, University of Minnesota Medical School. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And now, with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and microaggress no more. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend.